0: Cruelty-Free Conversations. This is episode 8. And it's another really good one. Uh, I got a fantastic guest lined up for you here in a moment that I'll tell you about. Hopefully you're doing well wherever you are. Once again, I'm here out in the Mojave Desert of Southern California. I got my Himalayan salt lamp going. I got my CBD oil candle burning vibes are right feels good in here got my chi right my feng shui is flowing right <laughs> so thank you for tuning in i've uh, got some really nice feedback this week from some people uh it, that's really uh was really good to hear so uh can't have a podcast without listeners who enjoy the podcast right so i appreciate every one of you as always who reaches out with feedback who listens Uh, To those of course that I don't know who are listening That I haven't had communication with Thank you anyway From one end on this end to your end there Thank you Uh, I appreciate you guys all of you So thank you this has been a lot of fun Today's guest is going to Be Chef Joey Haynes Out of North Dakota So I never actually Worked with Joey or actually had talked With him uh, voice to voice prior to this episode Actually, every guest this week All three of them The first time uh, No, actually, yeah No, I take it back Lee uh, Lee, no, Lee was I've talked to you numerous times So two of the three guests this week Stephanie And today's guest Joey uh, I never talked to you prior to the actual interview And they were great conversations I really enjoyed them uh, The one with Joey was uh, Today's It's a great vibe uh, you'll enjoy that one. So I got connected with him on Instagram somewhere down the line within the last few years. And I just seen what he's doing as far as being a chef and his culinary skills and very impressed by the food that he makes. Uh, sometimes it's really done up and nice. And then other times it's really simple, but still looks delicious. You know, I just I was always an a pill and... Uh, Just an energy coming off it that just looks good and healthy. And he's creative, compassionate. And so I had to reach out to him and talk to him also because his restaurant that he's the co-owner of and the head chef at, The Greenhouse in North Dakota, which we talk more about, is actually the first ever vegan restaurant in North Dakota. So that is such a unique part of his story and something i really wanted to talk to him about because what that right there is is some serious risk taking to uh say hey yeah i want to open up a first-of-a-kind restaurant like this especially vegan uh, i come from an area that uh doesn't have much of a vegan scene so i know i could put myself in that mindset and know hey if i was to open something here and you know it'd be tough to 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 not, so no, there's not a actual market there That you're going to be the market for that That's just amazing cur, uh, Courage with entrepreneurship It's amazing risk taking So we talk about that uh, How he's adapted during this time Of COVID as an entrepreneur So you've heard me talk to some of these guests About uh, adapting as a creator During COVID uh, Today he's talking to someone As a business owner An entrepreneur How they're having to adapt as well So definitely trying to touch on that with all the guests as much as possible uh, because I think that's an important part of life right now definitely and people just uh, you know handling it differently can use some maybe uh, advice or you know a little bit of words of wisdom of what other people out there doing especially people that are normally in a very good rhythm a very good flow and usually uh, and are successful people uh, having to deal with that Rhythm being thrown off is is nice to get insight to that, it really is. Uh, so he talks about that. We talk about his story going vegan, why he did, and how it's changed his life. So, I just was really thrilled with this interview. I was, uh, just just, I, I know I got a lot out of it, I know you will too. And make sure, uh, you follow this man, go request him. He's, uh, I think his page is private, so you can't just. Look at all that great creativity. You got to go and follow the man and <laughs> uh, be a loyal follower. So you get to check out, to check out the, uh, the vegan goods there, the food. So uh, we're going to roll right in the interview here. I'm going to talk a little bit more as we wrap up at the end. i uh, going to talk a little bit about being the light and leading by example because uh, Joey, right at the end, we touched a little bit on that theme. Throughout the episode, but he kind of tossed me an alley-oop unbeknownst to him. He tossed me an alley-oop, uh, mentioning be the light near the end of the episode. And it brought out a quote from Anne Lamott that I mentioned at the end, uh, that I use in speeches that I do when I go to vegan festivals, when I do a serious speech about being the light, uh, being the example and your light be contagious and, you know, changing the world that way instead of forcing it upon people. So. Closeout segment will be about that, leading by example, uh, how that's the most powerful form of persuasion is to just show how it's done. You don't have to run up in people's faces saying, hey, this is how you do it. Show them. Be the example. That's, that's the most powerful form. I know anybody around me that's ever gone vegan, vegetarian, uh, or has been inspired by something I've done. Uh, changed their life and told me or something it's never anything i've told them to do or recommend it or say hey, do this it's just especially with the veganism it's just something they tried and uh because they saw how much i enjoyed it and how my energy was and what it did for my life so uh that's definitely leading by example is definitely something i feel is the most powerful form of you know convincing people to a better way so I'll talk about that at the end, and we'll also talk about our upcoming guests on Monday, which I will be, uh, starting to release just one episode now a week. I have recorded some good episodes, with, uh, guests, and didn't want to just hold on to them. You know, wanted to pump out a lot of content to get this, uh, podcast off the ground, get some listeners out there, give uh, you know, different, different personalities, different things people are looking for or, li- or looking to hear. So, wanted to give you some diversity right off the bat. Just crank out the content that is already recorded. Uh, like I said, drop three this week. Past Monday, we had Lee Pereira out of Phoenix, Arizona. We had uh, Stephanie Gerard this past Wednesday out of LA. And then, of course, Chef Joey today for North Dakota. So, it's been a fun week, busy week, a lot of work. But it's been well worth it. But Monday, we'll start one a week on Mondays, and I will tell you who that guest is going to be at the end of this episode. I'm going to take a quick break, and we're going to be back right here with Chef Joey Haynes again, co-owner and head chef of the Green Cafe, first ever vegan restaurant in North Dakota. The man is a risk taker. He's a compassionate human being, and he made for a very interesting conversation, so definitely tune in. We'll be right back. And we'll talk with Joey here in a second. All right. So welcome. My guest today, Joey Haynes, all the way from North Dakota. How are you doing today, Joey?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me, Matthew.
0: You're welcome. Thanks for joining me. I'm uh, excited to have uh, individuals. As yourself to help kick off and make this podcast a unique kickoff uh, with with guests like you, who uh, I see as a risk taker. Uh, we've gone in the intro a little bit uh, prior to this, but of course we're going to get into that more with you. Uh, but aside from you know being a vegan chef, and oh, for those that don't know, I'm gonna make put this out there: this is the first time me and Joey have actually also talked in person. This is our first time, but I you know. For, but that's what makes some of these podcasts uh, unique. I've done those with friends where I've just showed up or made friends with people I never met before showed up for the podcast I was in town great time so you know when you're gonna vibe with someone and this is gonna be some great (laughs) yeah it's perfect yeah conversation today um so Joey you're all the way out there in North Dakota I'm here in the Mojave Desert so we're definitely taking advantage of this COVID time uh to get with uh creators entrepreneurs and kind of get the stories uh behind what they're doing how they're adapting with uh, COVID. And so, Joey, you don't just cook vegan, you are vegan yourself as well, correct?
1: Yeah, I've been vegan for seven or eight years. I'm not too big on uh, memorizing those sentimental dates, but it's somewhere <laughs> around there.
0: I, I know. I know mine's November of 2008, so yeah, I know not the exact date. Uh, now, what led you to that change? What sparked that?
1: Um, you know, it was really kind of the perfect storm. Um, I mean, some of it was bad. So um, the only time that I've ever missed work in my life, um, I was so sick. And this was when I was still eating animal products. And, you know, my fever was terrible. I could barely move. I had no energy. Um, and then I went into the hospital. Uh, they Everything came back negative. They couldn't figure anything out. But while I was laid up, I started watching different health documentaries and then veganism documentaries started to come up. And I just kind of delved more and more into it. And um, when the last day that I was sick, my wife, who she was also a meat eater at the time, she made me, she found this recipe for um, basically it was kind of like a quesadilla, but it was marinated, sauteed vegetables. And then instead of cheese, it was hummus. Wow. Um, and I loved that. And then, um, so I just kind of delved more and more into it. Um, and then, you know, the more that you watch things and learn about things, you see about all the other aspects of it. You know, I'm not ashamed to say it started for health for me, but then once you look into it, you see the animal side of it and the cruelty and um so yeah, so everything just kind of came together and i just I really just dove head first I didn't waste any time. I was overnight vegan, uh did it cold turkey, didn't wean myself off of anything, so I just dove into it
0: beautiful, beautiful, love that the, yeah, there's nothing to be ashamed of with that reasoning because I think a lot of us start for ourselves uh yes yeah go ahead
1: oh sorry yeah i agree um and it's just you kind of see it from long-time vegans who i think some people have kind of lost the connection for their original reasons and they kind of put people down for um you know for why their specific reasons but at the end of the day if you aren't um if you aren't adding to any animal cure, cruelty, I don't really care what the reason is. I just want to give everyone, every life form on this earth, a chance to live.
0: Agree, completely agree. And that's the thing is, it's I was talking to uh, Dr. Wiltshire on in an interview recently, and he was talking about it is, it's not just one step to veganism. It's not like, I'm veganism, I'm vegan and here it is. You know, there's yeah. layers. there's layers to it. And like, as yourself, like most vegans say, you probably that veil that haze the fog that goes away and that's when we start seeing I think that's the moment we start seeing more of the effect around us the planet because most people aren't going to change unless it affects them you know that's
1: exactly right
0: and that's why we were talking a little bit prior to this about how you have the restaurant which we're going to talk more about we, uh, I've done cooking demos and putting that food into people's mouths is like one of the most powerful forms of activism because it starts, you know, you could show people animal cruelty and oh, they don't want to see it, they'll turn, but it's not jarring something really internal that's going to make them change their life. It's just making them turn away. Wow, that's disgusting. Yeah. And now with the, with the restaurant you have, that we're talking about here more, Do you get a lot of stories? Do you hear stories from people about changing their health through veganism or at the vegan festivals that you've been to? Because I know I have the stories out there are amazing.
1: Yeah, we get uh, quite a bit of that, um, especially when we had first opened. Um, And then also, it was another big run um, when What the Health came out. Um, We had a lot of brand new customers who came in and they're like, yeah, you know, I watched this documentary and I just want to have some, you know, make some better choices and, these are some of the things and people just really appreciated, you know, having a place where they could come get a meal. Um, but, but also, you know, our staff, you know, is, you know, not everyone on our staff is vegan, but everyone loves hearing the stories. Um, so that's been helpful for everyone. Um, and yeah, just different things, you know, different whether what was holding them back. It could have been, you know, family growing up, they weren't used to it. So they, it took them a lot longer to make the change or yeah, documentaries and stuff like that, or just you run into someone and if someone completely changed your life, um, and I think not, just as, not, ne- not necessarily like, oh, they're vegan, I'm gonna be vegan, but someone could be so positive in your life that you start to take on what they're doing. Um, so then that could lead to the veganism aspect too. Like, oh, they happen to be vegan. I love everything about this person. I'm gonna do that too.
0: Definitely. Definitely. It's it ties and I when I speak of some of these festivals, the vegan festival that have something called Be the Light, Save the Planet. And what it's talking about is that focusing on your light and and how it's contagious as you grow as people are going to the people that have gone vegetarian or vegan around me in my circle, my orbit are people that I never said to do it. They're people I had a 68 year old friend years ago say text me one day. Hey, never told him to do it. Hey, Matt. Get a text one morning You know you, You've inspired me To go vegetarian I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the At 68 And then two weeks later He's telling me How much better His stomach feels
1: and Yeah And that's the thing If you can get people To just give it A little bit of chance It doesn't take long For them to feel Those positive effects
0: To feel that key word What you just said Feel When people are like Oh I don't know How you do it I don't well when you when you feel that change you can't explain it to people like you know it's it's a it's a feeling that's unexplainable once start because every aspect of your life gets better your sleep yeah. your thoughts your just your just natural disposition changes in ways you can't fully explain so yeah it, it, it's it's and that's what I love what you said about how after this is what this is what I've realized about how much how impactful you've been out there in your area with that restaurant especially being the first when you can say what the health comes out if you didn't have that restaurant they wouldn't have had a a place to go to and say hey i just saw this documentary you get you know and that's what the beauty about all of us working together in ways that we don't realize documentary comes out you have a restaurant that people can go to once their their mind is changed a little bit and i'm sure you've thought about that
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and i love it and i love the you know that people like you do see the restaurant as a form of activism because A big thing was that not only was there not a vegan restaurant here, but probably 90% of the restaurants didn't even have vegan options. So a big goal that my wife and I had was to force other places to have vegan options. It didn't matter to us that it was more competition to us. We just wanted the options to be there to make it a little bit more normal for everyone so they're not thrown off when they see it. And then more and more people will give it a chance.
0: Yes. That's awesome. Now, let me ask this, too. Now, tying into the cooking, as we get into that side. Um, Now, were you already uh, in in the culinary arts prior to going vegan, or did that come along after? How did those, what was that dynamic like there?
1: Yeah, so I was a baker um, out of college. I I started baking at a local grocery store here, and then I started baking at uh, one of the more upscale kind of bakery cafes um, when I was not vegan. And then it was kind of the same time I kind of left the baking life and got into the cooking world. Um, That was kind of the same time. I don't really think it um, one influenced the other, just kind of the timing of it. Um, But it worked out. I was working at, you know, a a non-vegan restaurant at the time, but I was moving my way up the chain there. And then it's kind of the same time I kind of became a chef and a kitchen manager and then I became vegan. So I was able to add more and more vegan things to the menu there and it all just worked out.
0: Nice, nice. Now you mentioned something like a word stuck out to me. There it was like it seemed like when you said it wasn't really for a certain reason. They didn't tie into each other the cooking and veganism necessarily. It seemed like it was just a nice organic process. And
1: yeah, yeah, it was. Um, and I never felt forced, you know, in it or out of it or anything. So that's always great.
0: Yeah, that's what you know. I talked to a few of my guests about that. There's certain running themes you get, especially with veganism. It's interesting, and there's a lot of organic processes, it's just weird, you know, it's, maybe it's that being synced and connected to yourself and more the world. But I, I, I feel like since I've gone vegan, I experienced more of those, those organic processes, you know, being connected and I feel like when that haze and fog goes away that all the vegans talk about, I feel like that's when you hear the universe, God, whatever your source is, you hear it more and uh, those organic processes unfold because you're paying attention
1: and uh, listening. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly, um, I think. And it, it kind of gives you something to, you know, you have passion for many things, but you can't always live that passion all the time. But with veganism, um, you do live it all the time. And I think it shows you that you can be a little bit more of an activist in other parts of your life, too. And so I think it really empowers a lot of people. If so you have this thing that you can hang on to by yourself, you don't need anyone's help. Um, and especially, you know, in today's world with everything going on, there's a lot of people who are speaking up, and I just feel like it's easier to speak up, you know, once you find that one thing, it's like, okay, I can be an activist for this, then I can be an activist for anything else, and I really see what I care about the most.
0: Nice, nice, yeah, I completely agree, and you mentioned, you know, you mentioned a word I I was going to mention in a different, kind of similar way, empower, and, you know, anybody that's, There's a certain empowerment, you know, uh, I was meeting potatoes growing up for the first 25 years of my life. I had a sports dad. So, you know, that was all it was about, you know, hey, lift weights, eat this. But it's so empowering when you can walk the planet knowing not only I'm healthy, but I'm thriving and nothing has to die in the process. I don't have to kill another soul for me to live this way. And like exactly. you're saying, you live in that 24 it, it, seven. It, it's always there and you feel this harmony and you notice that, and you probably notice animals look at you differently. They are way differently, even if it's yeah, a dog. You,
1: you, you, feel the, you, you feel the universe and you feel that more of a connection. And I do <laughs> think that animals, Know that too, I think, because and it's not like they know you eat meat or not, but I just think (laughs) that they can feel that you are more connected to the the world around you.
0: Well, yeah, your frequency you're not, you know, when you eat animal products, there's a frequency that it changes in you. It's, you know, there's negative emotions that are in that meat when the animal dies. So, you know, we don't, there's, you know, there's auras we put out. Like, I went to, uh, this tripped me out last year. I was in, I went to the Albuquerque. Veg, uh, vegan festival to MC, do some stand-up comedy, and after it was over, one of this uh, this Asian gentleman who had like a some massage and aura reading the, uh, table, he comes over to me, just starts massaging my back for like a minute, and I drove 10 hours there so my, the day before, so my back was a little bit stiff. I don't know what he did for that minute, but when he stopped, I was like, whoa, I felt different, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know, let me go check out, because I was so... In all what he just did, I was like, you know, maybe go check out the table. where They got the aura reading. This guy does, you know, they seem pretty legit. So, I yeah. go over there, and I do, I do the aura reading, and the lady just looked. It was like all this yellow on the screen, which is also my mom's favorite color. I found that kind of interesting. Oh, crazy! And she just thought, she's like, oh my god, you have great healing energy. And I was, I was, oh really? Which I was in my head, I was kind of like, I know, <laughs> but <laughs> I've always, got, I consider myself like a modern day shaman. I do wellness coaching and stuff. But it's, to me, going back to the animals, that's what they're seeing. They're seeing that healing energy, that yellow, whatever. You know, They see different stuff, like cats. Cats are supposed to be bad energy and chase it away and all that. So yeah, yeah, animals. So when we stop eating them, it's it's amazing how much you start flowing with the universe. Um, Now let's, now with the, uh, also too, the culinary arts. I know you said uh, you were baking, but did you have any more further experience after that? Did you go to culinary school, or was it mostly just self-taught
1: experience? I, I was I was uh, mostly self-taught. I did take um, some online courses and stuff like that, so I did have the whole textbooks and all that stuff. I didn't necessarily go out of my way to pursue it too much. I just knew that I had to, just like any other line of work, you have to continue your knowledge, so yes. I just I really put a lot of work into that. There's always new things coming up, but there's also a lot of old techniques that always help, so I just like yeah. to always stay grounded.
0: Nice, nice. Pull from a lot of areas. Do you feel like going to culinary arts school? Because I thought about it in the past, like for veganism. Um, but do you feel like you're gonna? Con- it's too constricted to maybe you know. Obviously, who you're learning from, what they know. Uh, I feel like self-teaching. You're gonna go after more what your your subconscious looking for your intuition is going to kind of lead you to find maybe what you should be cooking with
1: yeah um there's definitely benefits to going to school for it Uh, like i said there's just techniques and there's different things that you do learn that i learned from uh, the course that i took but as far as the self-teaching it just comes down to discipline um you have to really be willing to put in the time and put in the work um and to try different things um you know school is expensive but so is self self-teaching if you do it the right way you gotta you know you have to have the equipment you have to have the ingredients you have to be willing to try and try and try yeah you're
0: gonna mess up with those ingredients to keep having to buy them
1: <laughs> yeah
0: and the time and now how do you get inspired when you have a new day di- when you know you're trying to revamp a menu or do something different um do you draw from certain like cultures you know ethnicities that have maybe you found interesting or styles or do you just kind of go into a creative flow at the moment and see what you're feeling what's that process like for you
1: so it's different uh depending on what it is if it's going to be a savory dish i do definitely you know mixing cultures is definitely very big right now so you can kind of find a lot especially a lot of indian food you can find a lot of vegan food a lot of um you know, Korean food, you can find a lot of vegan food. So kind of mashing those up into different things that maybe people in this area, especially are a little bit more comfortable seeing. Um, We don't, you know, we don't have a lot of ethnic foods here. We do have some great ethnic restaurants, but it's not something that's in their face all the time. So that is just like, I just, for the restaurant especially, I just try to make things um, a little bit more accessible to people, things that they can see it. Like, okay, I'm used to seeing this, but now it's vegan, so that's what I want. Yeah. And the restaurant here, you will see mostly vegan options, not just at our restaurant, but at all the restaurants. there it's very much of the the line of we're gonna take something that's usually meat and we're gonna make it not meat.
0: Yeah, and yeah. That's
1: that's how you make the connection here. Um, but otherwise, like if I'm making desserts, you know, um, I'm just I'm really just shooting from the hip with a lot yeah, of the yeah. desserts that I make. I. I I know a lot of different flavor combinations that go together and I'm not scared to put them together in a dish that they wouldn't normally go into. Yeah, and A lot of times it works, a lot of times it doesn't, but it's all about trying things and that's how you broaden your knowledge and that's how you can really use your creativity, you know, just from all the different trials.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, with the uh, cooking demos I was doing, I made like I was fusing like tacos with like Mediterranean, like uh, grains. Like I made quinoa, tostadas, I made
1: yeah, frika
0: yeah. tacos, you know, uh, and people liked them. You have, um, how's it, is there much Mediterranean food out there? Like in that area? Do you see much of that? Um,
1: we do. We do have a few, you know, restaurants. We have uh, quite a big base of um, immigration from um, like from Egypt and oh, wow. from India. So we have a little bit of that. We have a couple of Greek restaurants um it's not huge but there are definitely some
0: yeah it's, you know it's pretty uh, even here in the side desert we've had a few places it's interesting that was uh, when i went plant-based i always start i noticed. i started noticing i don't up my world of food i was very picky before being plant-based but check this out let me share this chef story actually before i get them you'll appreciate this so i used to be one of those vegans sorry, vegetarians who was mostly like the processed food yeah and then yeah. i had a chef I'm, I'm kind of bummed, I didn't get to see him face to face and thinking, him, uh, but I had to tell the waitress. So anyway, I was at a friend's wedding. I was one of the groomsmen, told me ahead of time, they'll have a vegetarian option. All
1: right, cool. Okay. You
0: know, which I'd still go, even if they didn't. I'm a groomsman, <laughs> I gotta go, right? To so sneak some <laughs> snacks in my pocket or something.
1: Yeah, but, we've all been there.
0: Yeah, we're the biscuits. Uh, so I uh, asked the lady waitress, I'm like, what's the vegetarian option? And she was. She's like, let me ask the chef. Comes back. And she didn't make it sound appealing at all. She was like, <laughs> she's like, it's just a bunch of veggies, vegetables. I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm taking that. She's like, all right. <laughs> Man, Joey, this this chef must have been bored because I watched everybody getting their food. They're either their fish and rice or their chicken and rice, and he's got pretty much two scoops, and it's not big proportion. And I would imagine for a chef, you know, it gets kind of boring, you know, just some yeah. scoop chicken scootis and. My plate of veggies comes out,
1: whoo, man.
0: <laughs> it was, I don't even know if I finished that plate, but that plate literally changed my life and the way I viewed that food instead like of the way I cooking because it was like pyramid. It was like layered with like sun-dried tomatoes, uh, onions, asparagus, zucchini, and seasonings. Oh, man, that
1: sounds amazing.
0: Whew, and then beautiful portobello mushroom.
1: Oh, and yeah.
0: My buddy, who was the best man, he had been all over the world in the Navy eating mushrooms. and like spit He loved them. And this is the only time this has ever happened to me. And this was years ago. I haven't scared to get it. When I bit into that mushroom, I literally, my brain only, it can't even explain, thought I ate meat. I almost spit it out for a moment. And I told yeah, that buddy.
1: sometimes it's like that. Yeah, I told that buddy, I said, you got to
0: try this mushroom. He's like, man, that is amazing. And I told the waitress, I was like, hey, tell this chef, this is the best dish I've ever it literally. So um, after that is when I started opening up my world more, stopped being picky. And I noticed I like Mediterranean food. And then when I started cooking my, doing my cooking demos, I noticed I had a real knack for the Mediterranean food. Even one class, I was serving up samples and some lady just shouts, she's like, oh my God, this tastes sexy. This is like an aphrodisiac. <laughs> I was expecting everybody to push their plates over. They, like, I don't want it. <laughs> and and, and, Medi- and then I come to find out, though, when I did genealogy research, this is a trip, and maybe you have people in your family you've come across uh, that were uh, cooks and stuff, but my great-grandparents actually came from Croatia, an island, though, an island from Croatia in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. I looked it up on Google Earth, and I'm like, and it was that light bulb of that's why you love Mediterranean food. That's why you love yeah, yeah. to cook. It's in with. your blood. Yeah, and have you noticed anything like that with your background? Are there, that any foods that come alive, any any cultural cultures there?
1: Definitely, a lot of uh, like Caribbean island dishes. Okay. Um, so my dad is uh, half Jamaican. Oh, nice. Um, so a lot of those flavors, you know, it's very really easy for me to work with those spices. Uh, compared to say like Indian food like I love cooking Indian food but it takes a lot more work for me to get those right rather than the spices in like Caribbean cooking Um, and then also I mean I'm from San Antonio so there's a lot of San Antonio Texas so there's a lot of a lot of Mexican food and so that's just always been easy for me even though we left there when I was a kid you know it's in you know my mom's cooking it's in my aunt's cooking um, it's, we're just used to that, so Mexican food is just always very, very easy for me to come up with either yeah. traditional dishes or new dishes.
0: <sighs> nice, nice. Yeah, that's my other half is, uh, my dad's got all the European stuff, that half, and then my mom's got the Hispanic. And now you mentioned Jamaican. That's what, uh, what is that dish like? Jer- jerk chick, jerk chicken, or what's
1: yeah, that? jerk chicken.
0: So I'm trying to remember the name. There's a uh, out where I'm at, about thirty, forty, about forty minutes north of me in Barstow another desert town but it's even less they actually have this real these jamaican guys that have this vegan uh eatery and man they have like pop-ups and who their jerk chicken because that's the one with that really strong spice right
1: yeah yeah there's a lot lot of flavors that come out at you at that one
0: that i love that because <laughs> they, they had that place it was coming out strong in their tent and some people <laughs> couldn't handle it i went over there and i went right into that the downwind of it, it was just taking it in. I was like, I don't know, you guys are tripping. This is <laughs> like this is this is amazing. So let's talk a little bit of, uh definitely about greenhouse cafe. So that like we said, North Dakota's first vegan restaurant. So you're a risk taker, no doubt, because
1: that's right.
0: That now what now what compelled you to take that step and what going into it, what was the let mindset like were you just total confidence in it all? Or what, how was that? Cause there's people out there, you know, that are, might be in the same boat and, you know, knowing your, your, your process might help them out a little bit.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, my wife and I, we love to travel. Um, and a lot of traveling for us since there was no vegan food here, here was, you know, eating, you know, we travel to eat, we travel to find food that we can't find here. And we just kind of, you know, we go out for breakfast all the time when we're staying in a hotel and we just coming coming across the different vegan little cafes and coffee shops where they have a decent side food menu, um, nothing crazy, nothing over top. So we're like, well, you know, five five or ten years down the line, we could probably do something like this. Um, and I was working at a taco and tequila bar at the time, um, and we we had a fundraiser for the Fargo Moorhead Veg Fest. And so at that fundraiser, it's kind of a bake sale type thing. So I, I made a, some assorted donuts to sell at this thing. And there's a guy there who I hadn't met before. Apparently he's around in the community. I hadn't met him. He's on the board for VegFund. Um, they do a lot of animal rights, um, fundraising and stuff like that. They have grants and stuff if people aren't familiar for him, A lot of, a lot of big festivals get grants from VegFund. So he was on, he's on the board for that and he ate my donuts and he's like, hey, what do you plan on doing with your life <laughs> and at that point I was like well I mean you know I'm working I'm just working you know I was 25 years old and we we're like well these are our plans in the future but right now we're just working and he's like what if, what if, do you want to open a restaurant sooner than that I was like I mean if the time if the right situation came up yeah but it's just kind of a five or ten year plan and he's like let's start working on it now but <laughs> so he just he does, he set us up with uh, you know financing ideas wow. and all this different stuff and he just really helped make it happen and so we thought it was going to be five or ten years down the road and it really was only nine months away. Wow, the um, length of a
0: pregnancy that was all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's when when you say that I mean it really is like a baby. If people are <laughs> you know, the, the restaurant world is not for the not for the weak of heart. No, um, no, no. A lot no. of time, a lot of energy goes into it. And you have to be 100% committed, but I don't think there's anything that if you have your mind to it in the restaurant world, you can, you can open a restaurant, you can open a food truck, you can do it. Um, I would definitely tell people, do the research, make sure that your finances are right. Make sure that you really know, you know, the legal side of different things, but then you just jump in, um, you know, get your, get your fundraising and everything that you need to do, and then just really dive into it.
0: Ain't nothing to it, but to do it. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that, that's a great, and there's that word organic again. As soon as you told that story and heard the guy say, let's do it now, I was like, organic. There's that, you know, uh, which yeah. means, which to me, like, again, this is our first time you're actually come, uh, having a conversation other than, you know, time to talk to Instagram stuff, but it seems like, to me, I, I, I feel like I'm talking to a guy that, you know, just flowing with the, maybe you feel this way, you're just flowing with the universe. You obviously have been putting out good energy um i know you know booking you through this how where your mindset is and just the, you know the positive person you are so you know things organic stories like you know the, that you're telling me don't have just randomly happen so it's that, great you must you know prior to the restaurant you must have been doing good things out there so that, that's beautiful some of these ways they're just unfolding for you like you said without having to force it
1: yeah, I definitely. I like to think that, you know, I, I'd like to do the right thing and stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, like you said, doing the food demos, I was doing that here, too. Um, And I was really here, I was really just trying to spread how easy veganism could be, and how inexpensive it can be, because a lot of people see it as being so expensive. So, you know, I would you know, we have a, yeah, a grocery too, store know. here called Natural Groceries. I don't know if everyone is familiar with Natural Groceries, but most of them have like a little community room that you can do demos in. Awesome. So, most of the classes, my wife and I, we just go to the random classes Could you get like points or whatever, so you can get coupons. But, you know, there'd usually be 15 or 20 people at these classes. And I started yeah. doing just vegan cooking demos, and I would pack the room with 50 people, standing oh. room, and I would just be showing people how to make different non dairy milks, you know, just simple yes, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, I just always wanted to be, you know, the light of just showing people how simple it can be um, to break down some of those hurdles that people have.
0: Beautiful. Yeah, because when I was doing my cooking demos, like it's still technically not like I got flowers. The you know, obviously we can't do these, but California is very strict right now, so I've been able to do them but I, my approach i would tell people when they're in here is like, look i'm not going to show you complicated stuff you know keep it simple like you were saying earlier removing a meat or just replacing uh a taco with quinoa and yeah uh, because i think it was my approach when you're people are trying to and i I've thought about this when i was a trainer and I'm a wellness coach is people if you make it too difficult you know if you give them this recipe where they got to make the cheese and make the noodles and everything they're just you know, you a long list. You give them like five, six, seven, eight ingredients, and they're "I can do this." and motivates them to where they can get the snowball rolling, and then maybe they're in their kitchen making vegan cheeses and things from scratch. But um, you know, I feel like simplicity is best when you're trying to show people like veganism, especially the food. Uh, like not showing people raw. Here's how you make raw this, raw this, or what? You know, so <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh,
0: that that that's cool. So yeah, you're definitely now. Let's talk about something we were uh, mentioned earlier um you're definitely somebody that puts the love and compassion in food and i've especially as i've gone to vegan festivals done the cooking demos myself met individuals that cook more and it does there's, there's you cannot leave those two things out good food and love and compassion three things <laughs> the love compassion that's right and the food it, it goes hand in hand people don't realize the energy i mentioned that healing energy when that lady read my aura. I, I told people in my cooking demo, I was like, look, we've talked about it. If you, the energy you go, that goes into your food. I was like, if you're stressed, if you're angry, that's gonna go in your food. And I told them, look, I don't, I'm not married, I don't have kids. I was like, every time I come to this place, you're getting food, <laughs> good energy in it, you know? So um, it's, people don't realize that. And, and you know, you don't know who might be back there at Denny's making your food or what they're going through right now. They're just sloppily piecing it together and it's just, you don't realize the different, uh, the difference that like, going into that energy too. So, yeah. have you uh, with the love and compassion? What are your thoughts on that? And have you had a lot of people uh, compliment you on that? Notice that part of your culinary skills.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, I think you can definitely feel it. You can see it. Um, and, and I mean, yeah, like you said about Denny's, I mean, so my wife, she's not much, she doesn't like to cook too much. And so you know, she gets in one or two moods where, you know, she's like, oh, I really want to try this recipe. And then she's really into it. But otherwise, you know, it's kind of a drag to her. So then she's going to finish up. She's going to say she's finished without it being like the true finished product. And then she's not happy with what she's eating. Um, So but for me, it's like every time I step into the kitchen, I'm going to love what I'm doing. Um, So it's just that much more positivity going into it. And I'm not trying to rush. And, and yeah, I mean, I just feel like you can always taste it. People can always taste when you're really putting yourself into it. Um, it doesn't matter if we're, you know, fully getting slammed and our kitchen is kind of like half open. You can kind you can sometimes see some of the cooks, um, and you can just see it. And people just appreciate that. Hey, we're working our butts off, but we're working on every plate trying to get it just right. Um, so, I mean, people always will, will appreciate that. I hope.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. And you know what? It's, it's interesting because so was it a year ago, about a year and a half ago, I was doing up in this area I'm at, we're down, uh, down here, I guess, <laughs> more lower part of the country. Down here, where I'm at, <laughs> I'd be in Canada if I was any more above you. <laughs> okay. I was uh, working for a nonprofit that dealt with like homelessness, human trafficking, all kinds of stuff. And we just stuff in the community, put on events. And I was running a street fair. And like as we talked before, my area th- my area doesn't. There's vegan options. There's no actual vegan. Eatery, which, you know, it's great talking to you because I thought about being that that person, you know, to be the first one to bring something here whether a f- food truck or sure, a little cafe. Yeah. Um, but so I, and it's interesting, I've seen them do a lot more stuff up here in the desert. It makes me smile. I think they're doing an event up here today, actually. So oh, vegan tamale company. First time a couple years ago, met them at a festival nearby. First time I ever had a vegan tamale and really uh, became friends with Ralph and Karina. Shout out Ralph Karina, Vegan Tamale Company. Want to do an episode with them soon. Uh, but they're the same way love and compassion in their food, uh, great people. Now, when I was doing the street fair, I told them, hey, I want you guys to come up here. They were like 34, 35, 40 minutes in a different area, not far. But I told them, hey, look, I'll take care of your fee. You know, we weren't charging a whole lot. I was like, I'll take care of your fee. Just if you want to just come up here and introduce some food to this area. Yeah, And they came out a couple of times But man, Joey, was amazing because You know, there was people The things I was hearing, people were trying their food And even one guy, Frank, who comes from the South Old 70-year-old guy He's a DJ, and he's brought him food before And his cornbread was like pork and stuff in it And I'm I'm like, Frank can't eat this (laughs) cornbread (laughs) And I go to Vegan Tamale Company At one point during the first one And they're kind of pointing to Frank, the DJ They're like, yeah, the DJ came over and had some tacos And loved them I was like Frank the DJ like, yeah so I go over to him I was like Frank you, you ate the vegan tacos He's like, yeah they were so good and yesterday uh, the next day he's posting on Facebook he's like tags me in, a, in it he's like hey Matthew those vegan tamales were amazing and he's like they're definitely oh, my, yeah. my menu now but the comment that just was that just so profound to me I worked with this lady I uh, really became really good friends with her uh uh well maybe 40 year old woman and uh originally from Mexico, so that's, you know, the food culture, deep in that culture, she still cooks very yeah. much like that. And she, we were in the office later that day, and she, she ate some, and she told me, she was like, those tamales were so good. She was like, she was like, when it, like, I actually it felt good eating them. When it went down, it felt good. And I'm like, does this lady realize what she's saying? <laughs> you right, know, right. her own culture's food that she ate for her whole life, never gave her that feeling.
1: Yeah, that's so, wild.
0: Yeah, right? Wild. So, and, and people don't realize that. You know, she, I don't think she realized it, you know, the, what she was saying. But someone like me who understands a little weird to those things is sitting there like, wow. You know, so it's, uh, it, it's crazy. Really, you put that food in, the love into it, and people are going to feel it.
1: Yeah, I have two, I have two similar stories to that. Okay. Um, one, we were at, uh, we did this kind of, it was a fundraiser and they had eight different restaurants come and you were just going to do like appetizer size plates. So I did some jackfruit tacos and we had, I don't even know, probably 20, 25 people this fundraiser come back and say, Hey, um, I think you guys assigned this label wrong. This is meat." We're like, no, it's not me. You, just, you, just, you like vegan food, you know? I hate to break it to you, but you like vegan food. Um, that is hilarious. And then the other one, so a few years ago, our local Veg Fest got canceled because some of the organizers had some health issues from a car crash, unfortunately. Um, but so our restaurant, we were like, okay, we only had about five weeks to put something together. But we're like, let's use the same weekend because our whole community is just get amped up for veg fest. But so like, let's use the same weekend. It only gave us five weeks to plan, but we linked with a brewery, junkyard brewery in the area. Thank goodness they hosted it because they have an outdoor area. And then I just kind of contacted any food truck that I could. I was like, Hey, I know you guys don't usually do vegan food, but can you just only bring vegan food to this event? Um, we got three food trucks to come out and, I mean, in this five weeks, I think we had about 2,000 people turn out. Every food truck sold out of food. And they're just like, hey, man, like, we're going to keep doing this. I you know, I can't believe the, the audience that you have for this vegan food. We're going to keep making vegan food at our food truck. So now all of them have vegan options on their trucks. So wow. stuff like that is just great. It, it is.
0: And, you know, I've seen it grow a little in my area. Um, that's what's nice, having a conversation with someone as yourself, not only that started a restaurant, but... You know, coming from an area where it's not a hotbed. And, you know, because I've, I go to these farmers markets now and it blows my mind that, you know, i am seen vegan beef jerky and uh, vegan ceviche and I have these friends, Abby's Cakes and more. Uh, shout out Abby and John, uh, great people. They, they're not vegan themselves, but when I, I came across them, so when I started doing that street fair last year, I said I was sent out to the local farmers market to start just patrolling and looking for vendors and, I came across them and their cupcakes were delicious and just really good people. But, uh, and the same thing, they, they love baking and, um, and it, it, it's just a running theme, that running theme, <laughs> that running theme. Yeah. good people and make good food. And, uh, exactly. so I met them, they, they had a uh, vegan cheesecakes and other things that I've had from them that are just amazing. And, uh, I saw them at a festival, uh, the same one where I met vegan tamale company and they killed it. And then that's all they're long long that's cool to see and then there was a wander. actually i'm going to talk to them soon too on this podcast wanderlust vegan eatery have you ever been to new mexico
1: i have once um i don't think we stopped at wanderlust uh
0: so yeah i don't know if they had a storefront at that point so they i met them and what's interesting about the story (laughs) i just told you about two vendors abby's cakes and more and vegan tamale company there was this week when I met them and got to know them more they reminded me of a hybrid vegan tamale company because <laughs> as I'm walking first off as I see them they've got cupcakes and like uh, jackfruit to- uh, taco same thing like vegan tamale would yeah. have and advocate <laughs> the and then they had a kid a young kid that was with them that they were you know they, they would work with them kind of like Vegan Tamale Company, I just reminded me, I was, hey, they have their kid that <laughs> was around the two. And, um, but then what was weird is when I posted about, I took a photo with them, because uh, we I was bonding with them. I went next day after the festival, they told me about this really cool farmer's market they have in this old rail yard, oh, really cool. And so I met back up with them there. Uh, but when I was posting some of the photos, when I got back, Vegan Tamale Company, they, and them started following each other. I'm like, wait, hold up. Like, you guys, so it was just so weird that they reminded me of each other. They started following each other. And um, but they were uh they're, they have a storefront out there, they make some great food. They introduced me to uh you've heard about the chili down there in Albuquerque and New Mexico, the green and red chili. Yep, yeah, yeah. Oh man, everybody kept telling me oh the green chili, and they were the ones that introduced <laughs> me to it. The food was amazing, and they told me about how during Christmas out there and during the holidays, there's no gravy. They use only chili, like green and red chili, and it's called Christmas. So when I was ordering my food the first day, they're explaining that to me. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, yeah, we got both Christmas, you know? And then the next (laughs) day when I see them at the farmer's market, I'm ordering again. I was like, you know, let me just get the same thing. And they started. They're like, all right, what do you want? And before I, they could even ask me, I was like, Christmas.
1: <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> oh, Already man. on it.
0: Yeah. So, uh, and that's what's great. I got to start traveling the last few years with the vegan festivals. And they get open so many different mindsets with the cooking, the cultures. And um, I, I actually was supposed to go back there in August. But that one got postponed. I'm supposed to do uh uh-huh. Beyond South in Indiana, hopefully in October, if that holds up. Uh, but yeah, the love and compassion, you, that, that's that got to go into the food. Um, even, not, even not just the cooking, you do stuff. I was doing one of my cooking demos, one of the last ones I did before everything halted, and a lady, one of the regulars, I'm just setting out cuts for sample when things are finishing, and she just, I hear from the front row, she's like, you really love to do, I'm not even cooking, she's like, you really love to do what you do, don't you? I was like, yeah, does it show that much? She's like, yeah, oh, that's cool. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Yeah, you can, like you said, you can see it, you can feel it. Um, and, in, and it's not only, yeah, what you're doing, it's not just profession, it's not even what you're doing at the moment. People can just see that when you're passionate about one thing, they, they can feel that you're passionate about everything that you do. Definitely,
0: exactly, the whole, the whole thing, not just one aspect. So before I wrap things up here in a moment, Joey, I'm curious, you know, as an entrepreneur, like you said, you're a risk taker, what kind of ways have you had to adapt? uh during these times and maybe even as a chef doing things differently uh so what what ways have you found yourself having to adapt to
1: these weird times that we're in i mean it was crazy enough just kind of so here in north dakota everything was shut down for about five weeks uh, we were lucky enough to be able to reopen pretty quickly our uh you know coronavirus case count hasn't been too wild although it's starting to ramp up now unfortunately um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, just having those five weeks off, that was, that was mind blowing for me. I didn't like to do it <laughs> myself. Um, and then kind of trying to ease back into it. You know, we, we're doing everything safely. We're limiting how many people are coming in and all that stuff. But then the crazy part is just kind of, you know, all the different production plants are either slower or they're closed. But here, you know, I have to get a lot of stuff shipped in here. Um, even something like, you know, like impossible burger that that takes three steps to get to me um just because of how far out everything is from us, so you know just just trying to have to substitute everything i can 't even get you know canned beans and stuff like that, so just substituting everything and just kind of coming up with new ways to do it um sometimes I think it's fun sometimes it 's a little bit too stressful, but um yeah, there's definitely changes um that, you know, but there's a lot of things that I hope stay the way they are, you know, I hope people do, you know, take health a little bit more seriously moving forward and, um, you know, cleanliness and stuff like that, you know, I've always, no matter where I've worked up, I always have kept a very clean kitchen Um, and you just hear horror stories about some places and so I hope stuff like this, you know, people really stay on it.
0: Yeah, no, that (laughs) you do hear some horror stories. No, yeah, and that's what, you know what, that's what uh, I was talking about this with a few other guests is people that are you know really worried about the covid you know they're wearing their masks but they're not taking care of their health they're not thinking about eating dead animals and then they're going to these places restaurants where they don't know the conditions back there they don't know the people what they've been doing throughout the day the guy making minimum wage that's probably not you know really comp. you know what i'm saying like it's it's they don't put those links together the sanitary some of these places especially the fast food places you know a more uh mom and pop place like you is obviously going to be yeah. more uh you, you're doing a lot of the work yourself as opposed to hiring employees where they try to cut corners you know the big corporations with employees and you know cleaning and doing whatever they can so um it's amazing how long in this what we're going on with covid and how scared people are i can't believe the long lines i've seen at these drive-throughs and people eating outdoors at these restaurants i'm like this is If you're worried about this this is something you know type of food you're eating where you're eating you need to be a little bit more mindful about these things yeah definitely
1: and it's crazy i mean and how many illnesses of the world are coming you know they're all based from eating animal products in one way or another and that just seems to go over so many people's heads (laughs) but i i think every time that it happens it's got to be opening more and more eyes and that's all we can hope for it's not going to be an overnight thing But every time something comes up, you know, a couple more people look a little bit more deeply into it.
0: Oh, yeah, they definitely do. And, you know, we saw that with the social justice issues going on on a mass level. And I think we're just in a, you know, era of awakening, uh, generational shifts, you know, that happens a lot when when generation shifts is you see a different mindset. And, I mean, I know I'm 36, almost 37. So I'm like, all right, you know, and I'm feeling like now my generation's starting to get more people in power or the age is a little above, you know, it, it was just yeah. a different time, way, way different time. And we're going to have different leaders and, you know, for governments to be taking out statues and stuff. Uh, yeah. We're definitely headed for some different times and, you know, but it's nice. Like I said, people like us team together, spread the word. Uh, I, you know, people that are, I, I already know. I have people asking, Hey, where's this podcast going to be? You know, where can I to listen to it and uh, been promoting and we'll make some flyers. I'm going to make one a day that has you on it too. We're going to get it out there and, let people know that way, you know, you, you can pick up maybe some, you know, more, business. someone might hear the podcast around that area and find out. You just never know. Uh, yeah, just like,
1: definitely. Just like you
0: run into a guy that says, let's make it happen now. And nine months later, it's happening. So you never know uh, where connections and support is going to come from. But, you know, we just keep putting this stuff out there and keep being uh, part of the giant army, the, the peace army. I know it's an oxymoron, but <laughs> the peace army.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate everything that you're doing, no doubt.
0: Likewise. Thank you. And likewise, Joe, anything you want to wrap up with today? How can uh, people uh, give us a little info about the restaurant, you know, where it's located, if anybody ever goes out to that area or is in that area?
1: Yeah. So it's uh it's in downtown Fargo, North Dakota, yeah. not really a big travel hotspot, but if you're coming <laughs> through, we do have, yeah, we have quite a few people who travel through, you know, on their way to the West coast or whatever. So make sure you find us. Uh, you can check out all the details on happy cow too we are on there um and yeah i mean i just hope that everyone continues to stay safe and healthy and again i just want to thank you for having me on
0: yeah thank you for being here and i do want to mention you guys got a nice variety i was looking at the menu the burgers and baskets the burritos the buddha bowls or and real quick for those who may not know explain what a buddha bowl is
1: um, I mean, the easiest way to explain it is just you just throw everything in a bowl, whatever you want to eat. Um, I wanted to hear you say because that's what
0: I tell people in my cooking class. Like, What's a Buddha bowl? I'm like, you just, whatever you want to tell. Because what people don't realize, it start, it's, the reason they call it that is because the Buddhists, when they beg for food, as you know, I mean, a Buddhist goes and begs for food in a bowl, and at the end, they're left with just a bunch of whatever they've got. Yeah, yeah,
1: you, you eat whatever you're given. Yeah, um, so... I, <laughs> But, yeah I mean that that's that idea is just kind of a lot of people struggle with you know making their plate when they become vegan yes. um, because you're so used to having you know okay you got your meat and your veggie and this and, hey a lot of times just throw together what you want to eat
0: yes I tell that people oh, I love that you mentioned that real quick because I tell people that in my class someone I'll have a soup a tomato basil soup a filling dish no but uh, Southwest black bean style soup or something has so I'll tell people look, a meal. You know, like, my buddy who eats, I have to have my bread with my pasta. I'm like, bro, you're going to be sleeping after that. I usually you're going to be <laughs> overloaded with carbs. Like, I'm a carb fan. I love them, but there's, like, you know, a limit to it. <laughs> you know, so, uh, but I tell people, it's like, yeah, it doesn't have to be just like, we, just like food with animals we've been conditioned. But people think you have to have a three-course meal or an appetite of this and a side. You can have, you know, sometimes I don't eat anything but some, a, a quinoa season. If it's got all the nutrients and it fills you up.
1: That's a, meal. Exactly. That's a meal. Yeah, Your body will tell you when you've had a meal. <laughs> yeah,
0: yes. listen to your body, people. That's what you need to do. Listen to your body. If you get antacid, don't take antacid pills. Stop eating that food. Uh, <laughs> listen to your body. So, all right, Joey. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, was there any closing things? I know we got that info in there. Anything you want to say uh, about veganism and closing?
1: Uh, just like, like we were talking about, just keep being an activist. You don't have to be in people's faces, but just keep living your life, and you can be the light.
0: Oh, thank you for, um, you know, be the light. We're going to close out on this. Thank you for saying that. See, I knew we would vibe, man. I told you guys we were going to vibe. And look it, so we're going to close it on this. I, I do a speech sometimes at video festivals, and it has to, it's about being the light and staying in your lane and being an example, like we talked about earlier. But I close it out with a quote by Anne Lamott called Lighthouses. And the quote is, lighthouses don't go running all over an island looking for boats to save. They just stand there shining, you know? So let the light glow. And if people are going to come to it, hey, entertain them, let them know. But if they don't want to come to the light, hey, yeah, isn't that a beautiful quote? Yeah, I love that. So you set that up right there for me to remember, man. That was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Be the light. All right, Joey, thank you very much. Joey Haynes, all the way from North Dakota, first ever vegan restaurant, risk taker. Great conversation today. We'll definitely be staying in touch.
1: All right. Thank you, man. Thank you.
0: Well, what a nice conversation there with Chef Joey Haynes. All the way out there in North Dakota, the head chef and co-owner of the Green Cafe, North Dakota's very first ever vegan restaurant so they have that place there thanks to him and his partners there that have started it so what a what a wonderful story the numerous things that he shared his own journey with veganism and uh, starting that business and uh, adapting right now as an entrepreneur with COVID so what a what a nice again nice conversation was with him and now the first time me and him ever talked and uh, I had to do very little editing. There's only a couple small parts where I uh, (laughs) I forgot what I was saying, i to be honest. But other than that, hey, uh, it revived a lot, and I knew we would. You know, whenever I reach out out to these guests, there's a reason why I do, and uh, like him, it was good conversation, Uh, something different. As I've been saying, all these guests have offered something different with their own unique stories, because we're all Uh, Writing our own unique story, whether we're vegan, vegetarian, uh, neither of those. Uh, We're all writing a unique story that nobody else has gone through but us. Uh, So it's nice to get these different stories from these guests relating to their veganism uh, and then their skills and fields of expertise, how that's been uh, impacted and infected infected impacted and affected <laughs> guess it could be an infection as a good one got infected by veganism I'm gonna <laughs> there's a shirt infected by veganism <laughs> how it's affected and benefited their lives so uh, what a what a great guest to have uh, thank you once again chef Joey Haynes I can't wait to visit one day out there and eat up everything he has on the menu uh, whether I space it out all in uh space it out in a couple days or week or all in one day. I don't know. I might clear out the menu, <laughs> try it all in one day so uh that was a that was a good one and I'm excited to have a nice week like this to so have given you three episodes. cranked out the content. I got all of them delivered on time. I'll wrap it up right now here about eleven twenty one so this will be published before midnight ahead of my deadline, so I'm on it this week. And then Monday, so I mentioned that I will be starting the one episode release starting Monday. Now that the kickoff is gone underway, got a nice eight episodes out. So episode nine this Monday will be with my boy Taste Nate, and I call my boy even though it's the first time we talk in person. But as I mentioned to him, uh, it's like he's one of those people I've always uh, felt like I've I've always known. Like in a past life or something, you know. So, I, I mentioned that to him. We must have been roaming around in Egypt uh, back in the day. So, Taste Nate, uh, up from Oakland. Great hip-hop artist from up, up there. And, you know, which Oakland's a mecca for hip-hop. And it was nice getting to talk to him about his vegan story. He's been vegan three years. And, you know, hip-hop in Oakland. Again, COVID, how he's been... A Dealing and adapting with that right now, but you know, getting that hip hop story coming out of Oakland was really cool because I'm a huge hip hop fan, I'm a hip hop head. Always said hip hop has my heart, so to be able to talk to a guy like him and a high conscious creator, uh, his new project, Six on uh, Floriography, came out on Spotify several weeks ago. We talked about that. Uh, just a guy that really loves talking about creativity, life, consciousness that was one I really enjoyed. And we had to keep from going down so many rabbit holes, so we'll have to do another one with him for sure. Um, but that's going to be Monday. And again, please share. If you're enjoying it, if you find it entertaining, uh, shout out to those that have reached out to me this week. With the feedback, you know who you are. Appreciate you very much. This is for you guys. Of course, it's for me too. I enjoy it. I get something from these guests as well. Um, but ultimately, it's to build a community uh, for those who are maybe – maybe looking for information who uh, don't live in areas or around people where they have much of a community let's make one here you know it'll grow we'll figure out more how to make it a larger community as the time goes but thank you for those that are here from the beginning supporting you'll always be appreciated no doubt and i'm gonna wrap up here i'm gonna make my flyer a promotional flyer and get it out there and i'm gonna promote this uh get it promoted before midnight so everybody enjoy your upcoming weekend stay safe out there eat your veggies uh drink your your chamomile tea before you go to bed (laughs) burn your uh essential oils and your himalayan salt lamps do all that wellness and whatever else it is you do your yoga your hot yoga your pilates get all that in this weekend uh, right now, get your zen on, uh, go out there and get some sunlight, hike, go to the beach, whatever it is, it is you need to do, that you have access to, that your soul is calling for, you know, set aside some of the work, some of the other responsibilities that can wait and go out there and treat yourself, take care of yourself and get that wellness in, get your beauty sleep and go out there and just get your chi right so you can be a, a positive influence. Wherever you go, people remember you. So being that that positive presence that they came across. So, and go out there and just be that light. Uh, be that light for the world, the people around you. Uh, it's contagious, as I was uh, talking about earlier. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about that. It's uh, the best form of anything is to lead by example, uh, to be that positive influence, that positive presence just by your presence just by being not forcing your opinions your views and your beliefs on people uh you know activism comes in many different ways sometimes uh activists think you're not activists think you're not an activist if you're not you know you know holding a sign around the street but there's you know it's there's different forms of activism as uh, we talked about with chef joey and his restaurant uh, that's activism but you know, ultimately, it comes down to just being that example, showing people the right way to do it by being healthy, by being energetic, by loving life, by uh, radiating that that energy that people can see and be like, wow, look at that person. They're happy. That's Stephanie Gerard, like i was saying, Wednesday with that guest. I see all her pictures. She just lights up with energy and it's all around her, everywhere she is, so... Uh, and people see this, people appreciate that more than if you're trying to tell them how to live and how to be. Uh, as I said, persuasion, or sorry, leading by example is the most powerful form of persuasion. So that is, that is the way to really influence people to just show them the benefits by, by doing, by being. And, uh, you know, sometimes we forget as we evolve, as we go along in a journey, especially veganism that we forget, hey, not everybody is at this point of evolution. I wasn't here at this point of my evolution at one time. So I gotta remember not everybody is at this point I'm at, because I wasn't either once. So everybody's in a different point in their journey. We cannot expect people as we take, you know, climb up a ladder or take steps or whatever it is, we cannot expect people so be right there alongside us. The, mo- the world is not moving along with us and how we adapt and how we change to it. You know, it's, it's not. So we got to remember people are still in their stories. They're still on their journeys. their a uh, point of evolution. So we have to understand that and respect that and not say, hey, you're not a good enough vegan or you're not doing enough. Or uh, the thing I hate hearing is veganism is bare minimum. It, it, well, like this is not even a, a need to say that. Throw it out there, like it, it, that's causing division within the same scene and movement and lifestyle, and it could be very discouraging to someone who just went vegan. You know, there could be someone who lives in rural Kansas or somewhere where there's not a big vegan scene, and they might feel good about what they're doing, but they see that all oh, vegans bare minimum, and they might get discouraged. And you know, and, and that's not good. Uh, so not everybody has a support, not everybody's up in Northern California with a mecca of, of activism and support and people around you. So which we also forget, this is not only are we in different points of our evolution, we're in different environments, we're in different, uh, you know, social structures and all kinds of things. So uh, we cannot expect people to be at the same point of evolution to be living the same lives. And if we want to encourage people to, you know, uh, to live the same way, you know, healthy, vegan, whatever it is you're just trying to inspire people to do and to live a certain way, then again, be the example. Show them why. Just show every day, day in day out. This is why you do it. Look at the health. Look at my energy. Look at this. Look at that. Look at all this positive things about me. That you know. Look at these things and let that be the reason. You know, because you know you're like a light. You're like a ball of light. You're and then that becomes contagious as you grow and evolve and get stronger in your internal makeup and that interior machine inside. Then your lights to get stronger on the outside that's going to be more come become more contagious people are going to notice more but hey look at that look at that person look at that you know i have friends that tell me how i don't seem to age at all so you know people notice notice things so uh but just lead by example i've had friends of people in my life go vegetarian try going vegan some have stuck with it some haven't but all the ones in my life that have i've done it just because they saw how i was living yeah, positive happy energetic healthy so it it's just it, it's that's how it's done and i've seen I've seen it firsthand uh even people that were so against it, you know how they've let up on it uh so just just be that example, be that ball of light, and if people want to come into that light, then talk to them, entertain them, see what it is they need, and what they're looking for, and if you can help them. Uh, if not, if people aren't interested, then you don't need to go forcing that on them and uh, trying to, you know, hear so many people saying, oh, this person, you know, being mad about someone else not being ready to take on veganism, whether it's a family member or this and that. It's like, you can't be mad at that. Like, uh, it, it's, it's you can't, just because someone's not ready to, yet. Yeah, of course, I would love to see everybody go vegan. I also understand it, it's probably not. It's not gonna happen. I don't think in my lifetime. Uh, I would love to see it happen, but it's just realistic. You know, as the growth happens, we finally hit a point where it's mainstream and people are accepting it. So, you know, little by little, one step at a time. But you know, you can't get mad if people aren't gonna accept the same beliefs as you. You know, same thing with politics or anything. But especially with veganism, because it's it's uh, it's it so embedded and conditioned in our lives for so long to eat meat and do all these things that we cannot expect people, you know, to, to, to break down those barriers right away when we say to do it just because we had a conversation with them or just because uh, whatever reason we have to give them at the time, they could be 100% valid. You know, you can't get caught up in that struggle of, of, of trying to convert someone. You know, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. I walk a Great, great uh, little example. I don't know. Uh, I walked into a place to get my smoothie the other day. And girl asked me if I was vegan because of the way I ordered it. And I said, yeah. And she said that she was actually thinking about going vegan that day, the night before it hit her. And that day she was really thinking about it. So I talked to her. I mentioned it. But I didn't go and to go mode, like, oh, my God, we got one on the hook, like a fish or something, you know, like, and it's get overwhelming and overbearing, you know, I just told her some stuff, some good things, told her about this podcast, maybe she's listening. Uh, and if you are, go vegan, it's the best thing to do. Uh, some of these guests, you can, they'll definitely uh, uh, give you the, the great reasons to do it. But, um, and that, then that's it. That's someone who reached out and asked, are you vegan? Would you go back? No, never, you know, and um, those are the people that are ready and more willing to make changes in their lives, and those are the ones you want to talk to and uh, spend that energy with. But I can go on to this topic all day, like I said, it's something, uh, or all night, something uh, I'm very uh, just adamant about, and because I've talked to a bit, talked about it at festivals, but um, I wanted to get a little bit of that in on here since it came up with Joey in this episode, Um, But It is time to wrap up Got to get this promotional flyer going And out before midnight here So I thank you guys for listening I appreciate you We'll be back at it Monday Again with Taste Nate From the Bay Area in Oakland So I'm looking forward to that That's going to be another great conversation Again everybody enjoy your weekend I'm going to wrap up Close out here Remember be the light Lead by example And Help Change the world in the areas you can. Starts with ourselves and then it goes outwards. But just focus on the areas and people that are worth the time, energy, and effort. And we'll just keep uh, progressing uh, along the way. So thank you, everybody. I'm Indigo Mateo signing out of Cruelty-Free Conversations in the Mojave Desert of Southern California. Thank you very much. Have a safe And very, very fun weekend. Take care, everybody.